0: We are, uh, we're in a series right now, and the title of this series is Beyond Ordinary. And the idea behind it is that for the last few weeks, and if you're visiting here today, you can catch up on what you've missed online. If you go to connectwashington.org, there's a, a section there where you can download uh, the messages that you've missed. So um, the idea is that we feel that um, just in life in general, but particularly in relationships, particularly in the way that we relate to one another. It could be a husband and a wife. It could be a, a, a parent and a child. It could be your neighbors. It could be your coworkers. Uh, whatever it may be, friends at school, friends in the community, we feel like, man, we could, we've got two choices. We could have ordinary relationships, or we could have what we call beyond ordinary relationships. And that's the challenge we've been making over the last few weeks. And, and we've said, listen, if we're going to aspire to have a beyond ordinary relationship, what's that going to look like? How is that going to be different than just an, an ordinary relationship? So we've looked over the last few weeks at some relational aspects, some, some, some things that go on on a daily basis between you and I, between friends, that impact our relationship. So the first week, we looked at encouragement. We talked about the idea that, sadly, we live in a world where there's far more criticism than there is encouragement. And what would it look like if we made a decision to live beyond ordinary in the area of encouragement and encourage more often, criticize less? Last week, we took a look at forgiveness. And I know that's a tough one for some people because they're like, yeah, I don't mind saying sorry, but what about that situation, that person who I can't forgive? That's really tough. And we talked about what beyond ordinary forgiveness looks like. So this morning, we're going to look at another aspect of relationships. And this morning, the word we're looking at, the, the idea we're looking at this week is honesty. Okay, honesty. Now, honesty is a pretty big deal. You may have seen there was a video on Facebook, I think, recently, and it was of a little girl, and um, she had chocolate all around her face, and her mum saying to her, where's the cupcake? I don't know. I don't know what cupcake you're talking about. I think it was a cupcake, a brownie, whatever it was. But it was very clear that this young lady knew exactly where the cupcake was and obviously knew where it is right now. And that was a pretty big deal. you know. And, and, and we laugh when we watch videos like that. But sadly, we live in a world where honesty very often gets compromised. We, we shave the truth here and there. We, we take shortcuts. We cut corners. And there, there could be many reasons for that. Ultimately, it can affect you in a very negative way. It can have a huge impact on the relationships that you're involved in if you live a life that's less than honest. Now, I know there are many reasons why we choose the less than truthful answer sometimes. Sometimes it's literally just because we don't want to offend someone. They come to us with that brand new haircut, and you're like, Whoa, you got a lot cut, didn't you? Do I like it? Yeah. Yes, it's great. It's, it's a lot different than it was. I love it. You just don't want to offend them, whereas inside you're like, oh, I'm not really sure. Maybe it's because we don't want to appear foolish. Sometimes I think we, we, we don't tell the truth. Sometimes we're not completely honest because we just don't want to look foolish. You know, maybe someone's having a conversation with you and they're like, did you see the game? Did you see the way that guy played? Or have you heard about this guy they just signed? And you're like, yeah. You've never heard that name in your life, but you don't want to be the only guy at the table who doesn't know who they're talking about, so you're like, yeah, I hope they don't ask me any questions about this guy, because I don't even know what sport he plays. (laughs) So to avoid feeling foolish, we we, kind of go along and we make make up answers, and you know, we do this so much that there's a guy now who is making a career built on entertainment just around this very concept. If any of you have ever watched Jimmy Kimmel, he has a section on his show on a regular basis, and I think it's called Lies on the Streets. and he goes out and he makes stuff up and then interviews people to see what they think. And because they don't want to appear, they don't know what he's talking about, they just go along with it. Just recently, Apple came out with a brand new watch, and uh, before the watch was released, Jimmy Kimmel went out to the streets of Hollywood to show people the brand new Apple watch. Check this out. So we thought we'd have some fun with it. We went out onto Hollywood Boulevard today. We showed people a device that we claimed was the new Apple Watch. What it really is, is a Casio watch that costs us $20, and we stuck an Apple logo on the back of it. (laughs) But do people love Apple products so much that they will look beyond that? Let's find out.
1: So we're here with the latest from Apple. It's the iTime smartwatch. Would you like to take a look? Awesome. What's awesome about this watch? It
0: looks a lot
1: like something that's affordable, it's lightweight. Do you like that it tells you the date as well as the time? Yes, I think that's a neat feature, actually. Do you like that it displays time as well as date? I do, indeed, and it's very light, and it's kind of like old school, but it's still in style, you know? It's still classic Apple style? Right.
0: Uh, it's nice rubber uh, wristband. Do you like the big numbers? Easy to see.
1: It displays not only the hour, but the minute and the second. Uh-huh. And you can also just look at it and know what day of the week it is. Right. Is this impressive to you? Yeah, it's it's. I would wear it. Are right. you excited that it's always in airplane mode? Always in airplane mode? Oh, no, that's good. That's good. Definitely save on some battery. It has an alarm. An alarm? You need to wake up, so... It also has Let's a countdown and it's, it has a stopwatch. It's water resistant. Are you impressed by those features? I'm pretty impressed. Those are the things I would ask for in a watch. Do you like the um, fact that it's water resistant, that it has a backlight, it has a timer?
0: Um, I just like that it has an Apple insignia on the back. I mean, it's, if it's Apple, it's good, right?
1: If it's Apple, it's good. Why don't you tell me about what you like about this watch? Uh, really, because it's Apple. You know, Apple is a brand name that I love, and I have the computer, and I have the phone, and I have the iPad. So, because it's
0: Apple, that would be what would impress me. So,
1: you'd buy anything?
0: I would pretty much buy anything from Apple,
1: even a Casio watch with a sticker on the back.
0: <laughs> but, you know, we joke about this, and those little white lies are shaving the truth. But, reality is, sometimes the lies are a little bit deeper. Sometimes the lack of honesty can be a little bit more problematic. Because sometimes I think we can get into situations where we're not just lying um, to one another, we're lying to ourselves. Maybe it's a statement like, I don't have a drinking problem, I just drink with my friends a lot, often. That co-worker, she's just a friend. I know we joke around a lot and sometimes maybe I get close to the line in what we talk about, but it's perfectly innocent. So I get a little creative around tax return time, but who doesn't, Right? And not only do we lie to ourselves and and maybe lie to others, but then we kind of justify those a little bit and and we we stack those up against bigger lies. And we're like, hey, it's not like I'm I'm hiding out in an, an alleyway somewhere drinking scotch from a brown paper bag. It's not like I'm having an affair. It's not like I'm laundering money for the mob. As if to say, listen, I know what I'm doing is not completely honest, but it's not really bad. And maybe we we kind of put that in the ordinary honesty kind of category. Maybe we sit and we say, you know what, that's that's just how life is. Sometimes you've got to tell some little white lies here and there. It's, It's all good. But the truth is that if you're here this morning, and especially if you're here this morning and you're a follower of Jesus, I actually believe that we've been called to more than just ordinary honesty more just more than just honesty where for the most part we're honest but sometimes we're not i think as followers of jesus we've actually been called to something greater than that and that's what i'm going to call this morning beyond ordinary honesty i think if we're a follower of jesus it should change the way we live and the way we relate to one another you know, I can remember um, my parents weren't always followers of Jesus. They actually made a decision to follow Jesus when I was a teenager. And um, my dad, he owns his own business, and uh, he's, he's owned it for a long time. And I can remember, this is like 20, 25 years ago, and I still remember it now. Him telling me this story about how since becoming a follower of Jesus, he realized that some of the, um, some of the dealings they were doing as a business, some of the reporting they were doing, it just wasn't completely right. You know, there were some corners they were cut in. There were some, some shortcuts they were making that really weren't accurate. They weren't honest. And he, was the, he, he and his brother were partners, and they had another partner. He was the only partner of the three who was a follower of Jesus. And it came time that year again to, to perform this same practice. They would save more money as a result. And he sat down and said, listen, guys, I, I don't feel right doing this anymore. I actually have a problem with this. I don't think we're being honest And I'd I'd like to suggest that we don't do this anymore, and we we file correctly, we do everything right, and I realize we're probably going to lose money as a result of this, or we're not going to get as much money, but I just think that's what we have to do. So 20 years ago, I can still remember my dad telling me this story. Do you know, I also remember him telling me later on, do you know, my brother, my, his partner, my partner, the, the three of us, it was a tough conversation because they didn't want to do it, but they finally said, okay, we'll do it. But you know, we did more business the next year. We had more revenue following that than we'd had before. And my dad honestly he said, I believe God blessed our business because we did what was right, because we chose to be honest. And for him, as a follower of Jesus, he says, you know what? I don't, I don't think ordinary is okay. I think beyond ordinary, honesty is what God has called me to live for. And here's this morning why I think that honesty is such a big deal. Because when we look to the Bible, we'll discover that the way that sin first entered the world was through deceitfulness. Everything we do wrong can be traced right the way back to a lack of honesty, a lack of integrity, to deceit. You see, if you read in Genesis, we discover that God created a perfect world for Adam and Eve. He didn't want them to live as robots, so instead, He gave them what we call free will. He allowed them to have a choice because He didn't want to make them and say, okay, I'm going to make you, and I'm going to make you love me, and I'm going to, you know, you'll have no choice, you've got to love me. He says, no, I want you to choose to love me. But in order to allow them to be able to choose to love God, He had to give them what we know as free will. And in order for free will to work, there had to be a choice. You don't give someone free will and say, you know what, you can use your free will to do whatever you want. He says you can. Here in this beautiful world I've created, you can do whatever you want. You can eat from these trees. You can do this. But here's the thing. There's one tree that you can't eat from. So you're going to have to make a choice to not eat from that tree, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And we learn that the devil shows up in the form of a serpent. And listen to this verse. And this is why I think honesty is so important because listen to um, what he uses to trap them. The serpent says to Eve, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? You know, that's a lie. Right there, it's a lie. God never said they couldn't eat from any tree. He just said, no, there's only one tree you can't eat from. But this lie was enough to create questions in the minds of Adam and Eve. The serpent basically responded and said, well, listen, that's because he knows that if you eat from that tree, you'll become just like him, and he's trying to keep you in your place. You know, more lies, more deceit, more manipulation. As a result, Adam and Eve disobey God. Now, they made that choice all on their own, but it was as a result of believing a lie, Instead of trusting God, they got sucked into that manipulation. See, all throughout the Bible, we're told that that there is an enemy. He comes with, with different names. Sometimes he's referred to as the devil or Satan or Lucifer. And as much as I believe this morning that God is real, I believe that the enemy is real as well. And there's a couple of other times he's spoken about throughout the Bible. He's used, there are different words, but this this shows exactly why honesty is so important because he's referred to at one point as the deceiver. Another time he's spoken of as, as the father of lies. Because you see, when God created the world, he created it perfect. There was nothing but honesty. But as a result of our sin, lies have entered into this world. Lies, dishonesty, manipulation, these are just some of the devil's, the devil's favorite tools to cause a separation both in our relationship with God and to cause harm in our relationship with one another. Jesus knew this. When he came and when he walked the earth, he says, listen, honesty is a big deal. Being honest, being real with one another is a really important thing. If you are a follower of me, if you're a follower of Jesus, honesty is a really huge thing. Listen to what he said in uh, Matthew chapter 5, verses 33 to 37. He said, you've heard that it was said to the people long ago, do not break your oath, but keep the oaths you have made to the Lord. But I tell you, do not swear at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by earth, for it's his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. These were all ways that people in that time would would swear on things. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make even one hair white or black. Jesus says, simply let your yes be yes, and your no, no. Anything beyond that comes from the evil one. See, what Jesus is saying is this. Listen, as followers of Jesus, We're to live our lives in complete integrity and character. Our honesty should be so radical that we don't ever have to say, I swear it's true. Just by nature of the fact that we've made a decision to follow Jesus. That is what stands us apart in our honesty. That our yes can be yes and our no can be no. Because you see, when we choose to live honestly, we choose to let God invade our lives and work in ways that we could never have expected. That's why I think beyond ordinary honesty matters. Because when I embrace beyond ordinary honesty, it allows God to work in me. But here's the thing, and this is what I really want to push a little bit here this morning. I don't think that beyond ordinary honesty is just about what God wants to do in our lives. I think it's great. I think it's a good bar to aim for if we're a follower of Jesus. Say, I want to be known as somebody where my yes is yes and my no is no. No and I don't shave the truth, and and even though it may cost me financially, I'm going to make a decision to, to do what's right and to do what's honest because I trust that God will bless me as a result of it. This is all great. This is all true. But here's the thing. I think when we make a commitment to live a life of beyond ordinary honesty, it can change what God wants to do in others' lives around us when we're willing to tell the truth. It's what I want to spend a little bit of time on here this morning. And to, to set it up, let me read another verse from you. It's written by, written by one of the wisest men who ever lived, Solomon. He wrote in the book of Proverbs, and we read sometimes from Proverbs. It's a great book, and there's just so many great gems in that book. This one can be found in Proverbs 27, verse 5. Listen to this advice Solomon gives in the, the whole area of honesty and relationships as well. It's real simple. He says, an honest rebuke is better than hidden love. An honest rebuke is better than hidden love. So what does he mean by this? Well, Solomon here is talking about real relationships, real friendships, where love is not hidden and honesty is natural, even if it comes in the form of a rebuke. So to give a real kind of practical example, this is, this is that moment where um, you're talking to someone, they're like, you know what? Your, your label's sticking out. The back of your collar there, it's like sticking up. Or maybe... Um, yeah, someone comes to you and goes, hey, that tag for your jeans, 34, meter, yeah, it's right down your leg right now. It's still on there. There's, there's some toilet paper stuck to the bottom of your shoe. It's about 18 inches long. I mean, it's like almost a whole roll that you're dragging around the foyer. Maybe it's that time where someone comes up to you and says, listen, I think maybe you blew your nose earlier. You, you didn't get all of it. It's just, and you're like, oh so incredibly awkward, and you're like removing, or you're whatever, you know, you feel really uncomfortable, and they feel uncomfortable. It's just a real kind of awkward exchange, but then suddenly you're like, but you know what? No one else told me. How many other people have I spoken to this morning, and it was sticking out, it was hanging out, whatever it was, you know, how many other people have I had this conversation with, and they didn't mention it, and suddenly it's like, you know what? I'd rather take an honest rebuke than some hidden love. And it's awkward, it's uncomfortable, but you're, at the end, you're kind of relieved that they were friends enough with you to tell you. But I'm not talking about the trivial things here of labels. I'm talking about the major things that often um, exist in our lives that sometimes we don't realize we are there. Our loved ones see them, we may not see them. I'm talking about those major things that sometimes exist in us and cause friction, cause harm in our relationships with one another. That too often we've got friends and loved ones, but we kind of skirt around this issue and we never really are truly honest about it with one another. Listen to this challenge that Paul gave to followers of Jesus. He's writing to the church in um, in Ephesus. And he says this. This is amazing. As I came across this this week, I'd never thought about this before. He says, he's talking about maturity as a follower of Jesus. He says um, in verse 11, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers to equip his people, that's us, for works of service so that the body of Christ, that's us, may be built up. Until we all reach unity in the faith, that's our desire, and in the knowledge of the Son of God, and listen, and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So Paul's saying here, that's the goal here. If you're a follower of Jesus, your goal is to grow. You know, don't stay a baby forever. You may have made a decision to follow Jesus. That's great, but he wants you to grow in that decision. He wants you to learn more about him, to become a stronger, um, maturer believer, Because then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. And listen to verse 15. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. Have you ever noticed that before? Paul's, Paul's saying here, listen, you want to know what, what it's going to take to become the mature body of Jesus? You want to know what it's going to take to mature, to, to grow? If, if I'd have asked you that this morning, what, what do you think it looks like to become a mature follower of Jesus? Like me, you probably would have said, well, I think it's like maybe reading your Bible on a regular basis. I think that's probably it. Or maybe you would have said, well, I think it's probably attending church every Sunday. I think really that's, that's one of the keys. Or, or maybe you say, I think it's about giving or serving or, or telling my friends about what Jesus has done in my life. Every one of those is important. And every one of those shows that you're becoming a more mature follower of Jesus. But listen to what Paul says. He says, no. Instead, speaking the truth in love. Paul's saying, listen, a mature believer is someone who is able to speak the truth in love. And I read that this week. I was like, wow, how many of us really do this? How many of us could, could grade ourselves as followers of Jesus in our maturity in how well we speak the truth in love to those around us? Because let's be honest, in all of our relationships here, whether it's the coworker, the neighbor, the friend, even the spouse, times come up on a regular basis where we're presented with the opportunity to speak the truth in love. Maybe it's someone we work with and it's something they do that just bugs us. It's a habit they have. Maybe it's a a relative and and something they said. They, they, They may have meant it as a joke, but it really hurts. Maybe it's your spouse. It's something they did. You know what? Maybe it's something they didn't do. Whatever it is, when we're faced with the opportunity to confront that with honesty, to give an honest rebuke, to speak the truth in love, we shy away. And why is that? I think it's because we're afraid that by addressing that issue, that the conflict that it will cause is going to be more painful, more unpleasant than the hurt that we find ourselves in right now. So rather than be honest and face that head on, we kind of shy away and we hold it back because we're like, you know what? It's the lesser of two evils. I don't like how I feel right now, but I like it better than how I'm going to feel if I have to address this and how that conversation is going to go. So we choose hidden love over an honest rebuke. You know, I heard a relationship expert talking once. He was doing a seminar and he was talking about, um, you know, relationship skills and that kind of thing. It was fascinating. He was a believer. He was a follower of Jesus. And it was brilliant what he was talking about. And he was basically talking about the idea that every one of us desires true community. We all desire to live in true community with one another. He, he kind of set that up on this board. He says true community is what we should all aim to have. True community is a place of honesty and openness, of vulnerability and trust and love and respect. It's the benchmark for every close relationship that we're involved in. And as he was talking, I was thinking, that's so true. That's, that's what I desire to have. I know that I'm not going to have that with everyone I know. I mean, we live in a Facebook world where we've got so many friends. It's like, who are you again? Are you trying to figure out who this person is that you're friends with? And, but I'm talking about those close relationships that you have. It's like, I, I want this to be a real friendship, a real relationship. I want true community. But sadly, far too often, we settle for less. And this guy says, we actually find ourselves in a place that he called pseudo-community. Pseudo-community. Pseudo means fake, unreal. He says "There's so many of us, we live in this world of pseudo-community where it's all smiles on the outside, but beneath that thin, veneer lies the reality that things are not at all well. That there are hurt feelings, mistrust, resentment, sometimes even hatred or bitterness. All made worse because none of us really like fake. And we're smiling and we're shaking hands and we're hugging we're thinking, well, it's better than being real with this person and telling them what I'm really thinking about them. But is it? At least then you're being honest. <laughs> Sometimes this, this pseudo-community, just, it just grinds us because we're like, this isn't real. So this guy said, listen, it should be every one of our goal." Every one of us, it should be our goal, and especially if you're a follower of Jesus here this morning. It should be your goal to say, listen, I'm not going to be satisfied with pseudo-community. I'm going to work for true community. And he says, here's the good news. He goes, you can get from pseudo-community to true community, but you have to go through a step to get there. He said, let me tell you what that step's called. That step is called chaos. And everyone's like, yeah, <laughs> He says, inevitably, if you're going to move from a, a relationship that is pseudo-community to community, you're going to have to go through what is called chaos. And he went on to explain what that looks like and how that occurs, and I think the best way I can explain that to you this morning is to tell you about a movie that I saw once. This was a, an English movie. It was like maybe 20 years ago, so I will be amazed if there is a single person in this room other than me that's seen this movie, but the movie was called Secrets and Lies. Um, and this movie, it was a fascinating movie. It was a a story of a family. And the key figure was this, this guy. He was the main character. And he had a wife and he had a sister. And the sister was a single mom and, and she had a daughter. And the movie just really played out the interactions between all these family members. The husband, he, he had this wife and, and she wanted to live a little bit above their, their pay grade. You know. She had ideas of, of the kind of life they should be living. So she was constantly giving him a hard time. And She didn't like his sister because she was kind of maybe middle to lower class. The sister, she had a daughter, and she's chosen. She she decided, I'm not going to go to college. I'm going to be a street sweeper, and that was her job. She swept the streets in this this town in England, and she loved it. But all the time, mum was giving her a hard time. Come on, you could be doing so much better than that. And then, just to complicate matters even more, this, this lady, the sister, she'd given up a baby for adoption years before and this, this lady is now full grown and she decides she wants to meet her birth mother. So she comes into the picture. And now you've got this other stepsister, this, this, um, this, this daughter she's given her for, for uh, adoption. She comes into the picture. So you've got this interaction between all these families. And this brother, he's just a really nice guy. So everyone talks to him. Everyone talks to brother. The sister, she complains to him, saying, My daughter, she won't make the most of her life. She wants to sweep streets. And she's always complaining to him about the daughter. But the daughter, she loves her uncle. So she just says, My mom, she's always going on about me. I, I'm happy doing this. I love it. But she, she gives me a hard time. I don't even know if she really loves me because, you know, so she's telling the. And then his wife, oh, Your sister, she drives me nuts. So she's, she's, going, you know, she's telling all this stuff. So I'm, I'm, I'm dragging this out. But basically, all this culminates in this scene towards the end of the movie where there's a party. It's like a birthday party, and everyone's there. The, the adopted daughter, she shows up. The real daughter, the, the, the guy, his sister, the guy's wife. And they're all there. And it's such a pseudo-comedy moment because everyone's like smiling and telling jokes. But you can sense the tension in the air because you know that they're all just mad at each other about different things. And suddenly, the brother, he's just had enough. He goes, That's it. I've had enough. He loses his temper. He, sa- he says, Listen, I've spent my whole life trying to make people happy. I can't take it anymore because the ones I love the most hate each other's guts. And there's like silence in the room. And he goes, You know what? You, you don't like her because, and he just starts saying everything. <laughs> Every secret, everything they've all confided in him, he just starts pouring them out. He says, and you think that she's this, but you need to know that." And and this is awkward. It's just, and it's chaos. You're watching it, and you're cringing, thinking, oh, this is so uncomfortable. Because all those things that they were telling in confidence are now being exposed. The mother finds out what the daughter really thinks about her. The daughter finds out what the mother really thinks. And he's, he's sharing all these things. And in the instant, it's really uncomfortable. But you know what? As the movie moves towards the end, what you start to see is some healing take place. It turns out that the, the guy's wife, she can't have kids. No one knew this except the guy and his wife. So all that resentment towards this sister was because she could have kids, and she felt like she wasn't being the best mom that she could be. And this, this sister, she always felt like the, the, the sister-in-law was looking down her nose at her and judging her, but really it was because she was just so jealous that she was able to have kids and she wasn't. And their relationship changed. And suddenly they started to see a little bit of an insight into who they really were, what was causing some of that pain, what was causing some of those problems in their lives. And sometimes it takes that kind of chaos to bring us to the, the point of honesty and just talking with one another. And maybe it's with a, a, a relative, maybe it's with a coworker, maybe it's with someone who's, who you've been friends with for years. It could even be this morning your spouse, who you're just kind of living life together, and you're smiling, and and you're kind of pretending that everything's okay. But deep down, you both know that this is pseudo community. So how do we put this into practice? Well, let me say this: the first thing you don't do is just start saying, "Well, hey, Dave said honesty." Let's go, chaos, ba-bam. And we just fly out of the here and we get straight to the week. Let me tell you what I think about you. That, that really will probably, I mean, yes, you'll create chaos, but it could be the wrong kind of chaos, okay? So, so there's gonna to need to be some prayer. There's gonna be a little bit of time saying, God, and I'll be honest with you, as I've been preparing this message this week, I was praying, I said, God, as I'm speaking about this, I, I know you're incredible, I know you can do this. Would you, through your Holy Spirit, Just drop thoughts into people's hearts. So as I'm speaking now, I know that some of you are already thinking of relationships. Some of you are already thinking of people that you probably need to have that honest conversation with. And maybe that's the practical application this week. It's saying, okay... That's what I'm going to do. That's the step I'm going to take this week. I'm not going to try and sort everything out, but I know that this one person, I've been putting it off for too long, and, and sit down, tell them the great things about them. Tell them how much they mean to you. You know, don't, don't just jump in straight away and complain and say, you, point, 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 you know, but say, but listen, I've got to be honest. When you said that, it hurt. Or when you did this, that, that really upset me. I just have to be honest with you and tell you because I don't want to live in this pseudo-community. I want to experience true community and our relationship with one another. You know, maybe this morning, it's not you going to someone else. Maybe God's kind of stirring your heart right now, and you need to actually sit down and say um, to a trusted friend or a spouse, hey, would you be honest with me? I just feel like, you know, things aren't right here. Would you be honest with me? Is there something I've done? Is there something I need to change? Do you know, I have people in my life, a, a, a few trusted friends, a few real close friends who I've given that permission to do that, to speak into my life kind of friends that you can sit up until the early hours of the morning with just talking and laughing and telling stories. I've got a couple of friends just like that from England, and I remember this was years ago. We were still living in Chicago, Casey and I, and, and they came to stay at our house for a couple of weeks, and they brought all their kids and our kids, and we had a great time. And I remember one night, the kids were in bed, and we sat up till the early hours of the morning. We were laughing and telling stories. and You know, when someone lives with you for two weeks, they get to see the real you, <laughs> So they got to see the real Dave Jane while they were there. And in the early hours of the morning, we were just talking about some stuff. And they were like, Dave, can we be honest with you about something? And they just started to share some things that they'd seen in my life, just in the couple of weeks they'd been there, about my balancing of work and family and how I was choosing the wrong one. I remember as they were telling me, just my heart was breaking. I was tearing up because I knew they were right. And I think if anyone else would have told me that, I'd have been combative and argumentative. But I knew that these were true friends. This was an honest rebuke. This wasn't hidden love. This was someone who cared deeply about me and my relationship with Casey. And they were like, Dave, we don't want to see this get worse. You need to close the laptop sometimes. Spend some time just interacting more with your family. And it was a real wake-up call for me. It still is. It's still a challenge for me on a regular basis. But I loved that I had those kind of friends that were willing to be honest with me and speak into my life. I don't think I would be able to be the leader I am today, the pastor, the position I'm in, were they not people around me. I need people to have beyond ordinary honesty with me. We all do. So maybe this morning it's just making that commitment to God, to say, God, I want to live from this moment on in beyond ordinary honesty in all of my relationships, and become ready this week for an opportunity to present itself where you may have that chance to say, listen, can I be honest with you? Speak the truth in love. Allow someone to speak the truth in love into your life because that's what it means to be a mature follower of Jesus. Let's pray. Father, every week as I talk about these subjects of beyond ordinary, I find myself thinking, Jesus, you just raised the bar so high. Can I not just spend a little bit longer in ordinary It's just a lot easier there. But Jesus, you made us. You know what's best for us. You know when it comes to honesty, that living ordinary lives, it's doable, but it's not the best for us. To make a commitment to live a beyond ordinary lifestyle of honesty, it may cost some of us. There may be some chaotic moments. Rebuke is something that isn't a pleasurable word to hear, but sometimes an honest rebuke, Lord, is better than hidden love. So if there is anyone here, and right now, there is, um, there's trouble in their relationships. I pray, God, you'd give them the courage to be honest, to say, listen, this might get chaotic. This might not be an easy conversation to have, but I don't want to settle for pseudo anymore. I want true community with you as my spouse, as my friend, as my son, as my daughter. And we'll be willing to, to speak that truth in love, have that honest conversation, and bring that relationship to the, the most beyond ordinary place it can be.